Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise the Lord God. Amen. I'm so glad to see you all here this morning. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Doreen happened to mention when we started off this morning about fighting right. If you watched any of the prayer uh, teachings last weekend, we talked a little bit about fighting right and how to stand. We know that this weekend there are some people making a stand and we want to keep Keep them in prayer. I mean, traveling across this country this time of year is not pretty. Yesterday, uh, uh, my grandson and I had a little time. We, were, we had found a live stream of railroads. And, and it was a real-time camera, and apparently it's a thing. And there's cameras all over the U.S. as well where you can watch trains coming and going. But this one was in Revelstoke, and he liked that because he, they'd camped there. And, and the snow that was there was, was uh, uh, yeah, quite stunning. But it was live, so we were watching the trains go by and watching people honk and, and uh, dive through the snow and whatnot. And, and then I thought about what was going on and about truckers going across the nation. Let's keep them in prayer, amen. Uh, the Coquihalla is still kind of dodgy, amen. So when we think about what's happening, one of the warnings that also came, and I say warnings because uh, the Lord has spoken to us several times like on our Thursday night meetings about being ready for what's coming. And we know that when governments begin to crumble in different ways, it makes a mess. So we're the ones with the answer. We're the ones with hope. We're the ones who are connected to wisdom. So God's going to show us what to do when people don't know what to do. We have the answer, right? And we know uh, that that the snow's been falling in the form of all kinds of of words that we're supposed to use today, right? Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, they try to change our our speech. They try to, so it doesn't offend anybody. And so a lot of people have referred to that as snowflake, right? And those who embrace the snowflake mentality, the snowflake language. But we know this, truth is hot. So truth and snowflakes don't go together very well. Amen. Are you awake today? Truth comes, snowflakes melt. Amen. All over the place. Amen. And, and so snowflakes don't like truth much because they want to have a voice and pretty soon they're just water on the ground. And if we would take it and realize that, that the devil's words are like that. He always thinks he's a winner, but in the end, he always loses. Even in Hollywood movies, he loses. It's time we caught up. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 24. We want to be ready people. We want to be alert people. We want to be aware and awake. Amen. Should be us. Should be us. There's all kinds of things happening while you're looking for Matthew 24. Keep in prayer all the kinds of things. Uh, uh, One of the other things that Doreen mentioned is distractions. While all of this is going on, and the focus is people's health status, they tried to add this week to the euthanasia bill uh, anorexia nervosa. Yeah. 
You see, while men slept, the devil sows. These are things we, and, and it's, no one's in the house, and people don't read. We know that. <laughs> and, and, and so these things are, they're trying to be pushed through. In the middle of this, there was B, Bill C-4 that passed. And, and we're going to continue to stand for what the Bible says is true. And, and I understand. No, I don't know any Christian who ever did anything that they accused them from in that bill. Bill C-4 was the bill that says you can't counsel someone out of their sexual orientation. And so you can't, you can't do any uh, kind of counsel that would cause them to change. However, you can counsel them to change into something that they're not. But I'm going to continue with what the Bible says and hope all of you will as well. We don't have to go far to realize, you know, when a baby is born, we don't wait for it to know. Oh, everybody says, you know, it's a girl, it's a boy, and that's what they proclaim. That's what happens. I've had three. That's what they do. However, when I was in labor, they always said, Mrs. Dreger, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> I figured that one out. Every single time, all three times, they're like, well, you know, I kind of figured, you know, I'm in hard labor. I know we're right at that last moment, and they're going, the head is crowning. You're going to have a baby. But... This is the level of snowflake we're dealing with. <laughs> no one ever said, oh, by the way, a fetus is coming. We watch our language. And we can stay with what pleases us and be happy with it. Right? I don't change because of what they say. I still preach King James. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like that, but that's what I grew up on. It's not because it's the best version. It's because of what I read and always have. And it doesn't mean I don't read the other translations. I do, and I'm happy. Read the Bible. Amen? I just haven't. Now, by now, you should have found Matthew 24. Amen? <laughs> it's in the New Testament. It's the first gospel. When I was, went to Sunday school, we learned to sing the, the New Testament. Did you do that too? Yeah, some of you. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and the letter to the Romans, yeah, no, no, et cetera. And there were, there were stars and goals to be had in Sunday school about memorizing the Old Testament. And, all the, and I, I mean, at seven years old, I could shoot them off. I, I wanted that prize. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 24. Jesus went out and departed from the temple... And his disciples came to him for to show in the buildings of the temple. And, and sometimes we look at the scriptures and we think, like, what? Like, look, uh, you know, that the temple is a natural place. But we have come to learn that that's not exactly the truth, right? We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were still, not, they're not born again, wanting to focus on what they could see with their eyes. And Jesus said to them, See not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one here a stone upon another, and that shall not be thrown down. Don't look at the buildings. Get your eyes off the natural things. There are some things right now we need to get our eyes off the distractions, the things that are trying to go, what if it falls? What if it falls? It's going to fall. What you sow, you reap. If you sow lies, what you going to reap? Right. And the lip of truth shall be established forever, a lying tongues, but for a moment. And, and we often feel like, when's it going to be over? Well, the lie, just the moment of truth is coming. I, I, I know that there is this place in life where we think, and, and you know, it's so funny. I, 
I encouraged my husband to watch with me one of those Hallmark movies. <laughs> Mind you, it didn't get too very far, and I felt like I was going to be ill. Um, <laughs> you know, it was like, it's so the language, let me help them, you know. And so, <laughs> but one of the things that's always caught up in those movies is lies. And in the end, they always have to tell the truth. Mm-mm-mm. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? One. Two, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And, third thing, and of the end of the world. So they're asking three things. They want to know what time it is. Now, technically, they should have been able to know the time because Jesus could never rebuke someone if they didn't have a parameter or measurement and we know that he talked to the pharisees he said you fools and blind you can tell what the weather's going to be but you don't know what time it is he could not rebuke them if there wasn't the right to know so we can know what time it is they should have known that this was the time of jesus walking on the earth it should have been readily seen readily available easy information to know what shall be the sign? And did he say, there's not going to be a sign given to you because you're so busy looking at the stuff. It's hard to see the signs of God when you're focused on the things of this earth. And says, and what about the end of the world? When's that going to happen? Oh, is it now? I mean, and really, this is driven by a personal need for safety. Want to know, what do we need to do to stay safe? What do we need to do to do right? What do we need to do to go to heaven and make sure? Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It would be good if a few more people wanted to know that. You should know. What's it going to take for you to stay safe? What's it going to take for you to be assured of your salvation? Can you be sure of your salvation? Is the answer to that question. Amen. And his first thing he says to them is this. Watch now. Take heed that no man deceive you. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. People will say a lot of things. When I grew up uh, as a teenager, I, there were so many fear movies about Jesus coming. Oh my goodness, the sun is coming, you've been left behind was a popular song. Seriously. I remember watching, yeah, and there was movies about it, and they were horrifying. I'm like 14 years old going, you know, I was scared into the kingdom. The fear of hell was driven right out of me. Some people say you just have to go for a ride in someone's car and that'll work, you know. <laughs> Some drivers tend to be that way. <laughs> but that's not the way to get hell out, Amen. <laughs> And it didn't work then either. What it did do is it produced an emotional response, right? <laughs> we were so afraid of hell that we, we didn't know where we were running. We were just running away from something that was bad. We didn't know how to run to God. Just don't let me go to hell. I'm not really sure what heaven is or what it contains, but I ain't going to hell. I don't want to go to hell. And not wanting to go to hell is a good thing. But at least know where you're going, right? Because if you don't have a destination, you're going to be running in circles pretty soon. You're going to find, oh, here am I looking at hell again. Confused people are confused and run in circles and keep going back to the same old, same old. They don't break the pattern. They don't break the pattern that keeps them tasting hell. Hmm. 
Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in my name saying, I am anointed. I'm the anointed one. That's what Christ means here. I am the anointed one. I am Christ. I am the anointed one. Look over here. I got it all. Whoa, that's dangerous business. That should be like ambulances going, hear that sound? That is not good. Amen. You know, I understand being anointed because Jesus lives in us. But not, I am not the anointed one. I've, I've uh, seen some things when I've traveled. And I've met a few people who believe that they're anointed one. I've also met some people who think that they're the two witnesses out of the book of Revelation. And that was pretty weird too. Yeah, I've seen some special things. <laughs> it says, many shall come in my name saying I'm Christ and shall deceive many. I don't know why. That's snowflake talk, man. You're not God. Hello. And we should not be deceived by that. There should be something that goes off on the inside that went, no. Even little children know, right? I, I remember when my children were small, even sometimes with the grandchildren, you go out and you meet somebody and they're pretty soon, they're hiding behind you. And, and you're going, no, 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 give, you know, sister so-and-so a hug. Don't make them hug sister so-and-so. If they're hiding behind you, there's a reason you didn't get. Don't make pe people hug each other. I understand hugging for different reasons. But you know what I'm talking about. They're scared. They know something's up just like dogs do. They smell fear. Sometimes we ought to pay attention a little bit more to that. Right? Let's don't, let, let's be listening. We should be aware. God trying to get our attention. Hello, that's weird. Stop it, you know. And it's okay. Now, you don't have to announce that to everybody. Chances are, if your kids are hiding behind you and, and sister or brother so-and-so and they're weird and they're hiding because they're weird, you don't have to go, you're weird. My kids think you're weird. Let's get out of here. Like, that's not probably the thing to do. <laughs> I just need to get going. We need to get them home, feed them, <laughs> whatever, you know. We all, our kids always want to eat, so, you know. <laughs> Amen. And here's it, verse 6. You shall hear of wars and of rumors of wars. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely in this place. I, all of a sudden... Because things start to change and governments start to tremble. Oh, there's wars. Did you hear that? That might be blah, blah, blah. There's people lining up. They're going here. They're going there. If it comes in that voice, that's fear. And God doesn't talk to his people that way. Amen. Don't get in it. Don't listen. Shut that noise off. Amen. We're going to go through whatever happens because Jesus is in us. Amen. And we're not going to be shaken by some crazy idea. And we're not going to be sucked in either. Amen? I know that's fun, bad talk, but you understand. It's not graceful language. <laughs> but sometimes we need a little... <laughs> Amen? See that you be not troubled. Now, I'm not troubled, and I can tell you not to be, but at the end of the day, it's your decision to be troubled or not. And sometimes we need to go to someone that is not troubled and say, hey, you know what? I kind of feel weird about this. But don't go to everybody. Go to someone you can trust and go, you know, I'm kind of feeling weird about this. What do you think? Check it out with someone who's not weird. Amen? Who's not shaken? Who's not troubled? Don't go to someone already troubled and full of anxiety and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm in you with your anxiety. Let's get in this thing together because you will. 
You know, I was thinking that too. I've watched it. You know, I was kind of finding, oh, I felt kind of weird about that. Me too. Oh, and pretty soon you're deep breathing. And pretty soon, you know, you're looking for the Ativan in the cupboard. Good morning. <laughs> See that you be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end isn't yet. So don't live like it is. Oh, that's it. The world's going to end tomorrow. I've seen people with signs. You know, they've been doing that. I remember. Absolutely. It was the 70s when I was a teenager. And I was in L.A. And I joined a mission group. And there were people who would stand on literal boxes. Now, not soap boxes, but fruit boxes. And they were wooden. And they would have the biggest, blackest Bibles you'd ever seen. Way bigger than my Bible. I don't know where they got them, but they were big ones like this. And they get literally, well, they called it a soapbox because they were using it as a platform so people could see them. And they would stand on the street corners and, and, and get on these boxes, that wooden crate things, and tell everybody, you're going to go to hell. The world is ending. How many people listened? Not many. Except for people who are kind of like them. Now, I have preached on the corner. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't tell them they were all burning in hell. That's right. I, there, there's a place in downtown Vancouver, where, you know, where the park is in, in the interesting area in downtown Eastside. And uh, I'd take sandwiches, and we'd take the bunch and, and uh, hand out sandwiches. And I'd stand on the sidewalk, and I'd give them a scripture. Some, one of the times I preached on Bartimaeus. And we had a little group, so as I'm reading the story of Bartimaeus, and, and the presence of God was there. And I'm standing with my kind of against a fence and on the sidewalk, and trying not to too much block the sidewalk, but a circle began to gather, and I was near where they were lining up for their lunch. And as the circle formed, people were getting excited because I was telling them that Jesus heals. And, and they had seen, we'd been there before, and they, some of them had seen miracles. One lady had a huge tumor that fell off her neck. So every time now that we went back, they were looking for more of the, the presence of God and, and that he would work some miracles. So... It was, you know, following up. We had been there, you know, several times, and so they got to know us. And this particular time, it was just like the presence of God had just made this wonderful circle of his presence. And, and the power of God to heal was strong. And all of a sudden, this a very small man kind of was going down the street. Da -da 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 -da, kinda, and, and he was kind of going like this. And he entered that place where they gathered and kind of broke through. And all of a sudden, I mean, all of a sudden, he was down on the ground, on the sidewalk, twitching and turning and manifesting de demons and screaming. And I was not quite done preaching, but there he was, foaming at the mouth, literally. And so I looked at them. I didn't move quickly. I said, so what do you think? Jesus is here. What do you think we should do? I said to the people who were not saved, some of them, some of them had now accepted Jesus. Do you believe Jesus will heal this man? Well, they all knew him because he was always walking around there. And they thought, well, this guy's not right in his mind. You know, do you think, do you think Jesus could heal him? Do you think Jesus? And, and somebody who, from kind of the back row goes, I believe it. And it started to pick up in the crowd. They go, we believe it. We believe it. All right, let's pray for him. 
I, I just looked down and said, well, come out of him in Jesus' name, you terrible devil. And that was it. He stopped jerking. It wasn't, and you know that I'm kind of dramatic, right? <laughs> no. And, and it, it's all, ah, you know, it wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was just like, stop that, come out. And, and, and he came in to rest. And then we prayed for him to be healed. And he got up and stood with us, and he, tears streamed down his face. He'd been so bound, and Jesus set him free. There's a difference between preaching health and preaching life. Amen? We want to see every person. See, these are reasons not to be shaken because there's work like this. And I wasn't pastoring at the time. I was still going to college and things. But that didn't matter. We were just believers doing what God asked us to do. Believing that his word works. That it doesn't matter who you are. The Holy Spirit's the same. Amen? Be not troubled. Nation shall rise against nation. Hello. Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences. Diseases. Earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Not for us. Amen? We can see, if you step back, you can see that it is sorrow that is troubling many. Several years ago, there was lots of prophecies and talk about this being the age where we've never seen so many depression, anxiety, so many attacks against the mind. Now, if you think about that for the last 10 years, the increase of that and then the situations we're in now, you can see that the devil was, had, had some plans there. If he can keep you in depression, if he can keep you thinking about yourself, if he can keep you worried, then when something else comes along, you're already in an unshaking or a, an unstable place. And so then the next message that comes, you're already kind of unstable, right? Will Jesus heal all those things? Absolutely. Does he heal our minds? Yes, he does. Can you be soon not shaken in your mind? Absolutely. You say, oh, I don't have to get into sorrow. Never in my life before these last 10 or 15 years had I ever seen so many uh, altars set up around the city where people had passed away. The embracing of grief is wrong. There's no simple words for it. Aren't you sad, Pastor? No. Did everyone that I know that passed away, uh, were they saved? Most of them, but a couple were not. That was sad. That was sad. But everyone that I know that I, I could reach, I, that's what I preached the gospel to. And, and I have had many friends and family go home in the last two years, and I am not grappling with grief. I'm not struggling with it. Jesus heals that part. And he'd like to get us wrapped into sorrow and, and so held bound by it so that he can control how we respond to his fear message. That's the devil's business. And we do not have to participate on any level. Is it sad that people go home? Of course it is. Do you have memories? Sure. But you don't have to get stuck in it. If Jesus paid for grief and sorrow, 
what am I and you doing with it? Did he not go to the cross at a great price to pay for it? Was it not good enough? Hmm. I think so. When I've heard, there was a song, I'm trading my sorrows. Well, trade them, don't take them back. Amen. Don't get in exchange. Hi, we're, you give me some of your sorrow, you come in some of mine. We'll get in all the ditch together and we'll all be sad together. That's not the kind of trade we're talking. Amen. We can get up. Don't get stuck in how or why. Because why tries to stay? Why'd they go home? They were so young. Hmm? Right? They could have lived a long life. Well, you know what? If they're in heaven, they're living a long life anyway. It's just this life that's short. Amen? I hope I encourage you and, and to, to get out of those things and don't get stuck there. Loss comes in all kinds of ways. Maybe they didn't pass away, but you feel like this last year you've lost something. I've heard this and it works this way. Watch this language. My child never got to have their fifth birthday. They'll never know what it is to have the kind of birthdays I celebrated as a child. Hmm? Lost words. Oh, they didn't have a graduation like I had. Well, they didn't have a graduation like I had where everybody got drunk. Some people died because they got killed in an accident afterwards driving their car drunk. Not everything is good. And, and people did a lot of crazy things in the name of grad that they have avoided. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, not every grad goes bad. I understand that. But sometimes we get these ideas. This is the, it's terrible. Their whole life will be, you know, in loss because of it. No, it won't. There's lots of things I've missed in life, and I'm glad. Amen? They still graduated. They've got papers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Keep forward. Amen? Don't get stuck there. Keep moving. Snowflake language tries to drop on everybody. Well, they're all different. You know, every flake is different. Mm. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, every one of them. And here's a very nice part, verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Great. Praise the Lord God Almighty. That shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So get ready. People hate you now. They're going to hate you then. There's nothing you can do to change it. Love Jesus. There will always be people who love you back. Amen. We get so wrapped up in, do they accept me or not? Well, I can tell you I'm kind of strange, so I know about rejection. I have been rejected by the best of them. And I'm still happy. What does it matter? I'm not going around on a liking parade. Oh, look, they're giving me a ticker tape parade because they all love me. I don't need that. Amen? Do you need that? Do you need that to believe you're accepted in the beloved? I just want to know Jesus is happy with me. Amen? Praise God. Let's, be, let's, let's have Jesus happy. Amen? Now, I, I don't believe I'm going to be killed tomorrow for my faith, and we don't live in that kind of nation currently. But we could keep believing that we never have to. Amen? Follow me. And verse 10. And then, many shall be offended. I, I mean, 
Yeah. Can we go there? Yeah, many shall be offended. Many shall be offended. They didn't get what they wanted. They didn't like how it came, and they didn't like the language that was used. And it got them all in a little... I'm not even sorry. I'm not. People get offended. It's their choice. It's their choice to be offended or not. And there is nothing you can reason out of them to get it out of them. You can spend your whole life trying to reason with someone offended when there's someone who loves you right beside them. And you think you owe it to them. Well, if I could just straighten them out. They don't want to be straightened out. When they wake up, they can come to you. They know your phone number or not. Maybe you blocked them. <laughs> See, you just needed a little happy juice today. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Block them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we're, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. They shall betray one another and hate one another. We see that. We see it going on. We see the rumble. We see the people shaking, and they're freaking out. But that is never us. Amen? We're steady, we're strong, and we're happy. Amen? Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Don't listen. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, right at the end, I said there was a very important thing. Don't be, you know, like searching out the prophets. Find out what they say. Why do I say there's a warning? Why is God trying to get our attention? Why? Because if you got the Holy Ghost, you need to hear him yourself. We're leaning on a wrong stick. Oh, what did they say? Do you think it'll be okay? Is there a new prophecy for 2022? Yeah. Read your Bible and get up and pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a very interesting verse. I'm so excited about this today. Praise the Lord. We're going to get somewhere. We're going to fight after this. Amen. And, and verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity is to be corrupted by or rejecting the law. I'm just going to do my own thing. It's got to be my way. Well, that was popular back in Samuel, where everybody did what was our end of Joshua. Everybody did that which was right in their own mind. We want a king, so the king will tell us what to do, and we won't have to be responsible, and we can blame him if everything goes wrong. Yet, didn't work well for them then. Doesn't work well for them now. The government's not your little, you know, nanny. Amen? It's not your, your, the person who pays your checks. There might be a name on your check, but it comes from heaven. Aren't you glad Jesus provided you a job? Amen? Amen? Don't look at them to take care of your needs. Amen? So when they're without law, that's stubbornness, according to Samuel, 1 Samuel 15. It says in, that uh, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. When you withdraw from laws, now not the laws of the land, the laws of God, there's a place in there where you begin to idolize your own self. And if you step back and you go, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. They idolize their own ideas, and then it gets all so wrapped in pride. The minute you touch it, the thing goes, right? Because people don't want to be wrong. It upsets them. 
it upsets them. Because then it's like their responsibility, they got duped. And that hits the pride valve every time. So you can see if they're wanting someone else, if they're pulled themselves away and want to be a law unto them own self, that they're really idolizing their own belief system. This will never get anybody through anything. There's been times in my life where I've thought, I got this. And then I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Best thing ever. Best revelation. Um, I'm not God. <laughs> and if we could get there, we'd be so happy. Now I want you to go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3. I want to show you something here. It's quite powerful, and then we're going to look at the book of Romans for a bit. To get to help us get through, we know that we are in the end times. Jesus is going to return. He is going to come back. He came the first time. He didn't lie about it. God didn't lie. If he said he's coming back, he's not lying now, and he's coming back. Amen. And we believe that. And we're going to get through all the mess and have fun while we're doing it and see our family get saved and our neighbors get saved and the people around us be happy. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse 19. They're recalling the goodness of God and how he got through. Now, in one of the prayer sessions, we talked about how from uh, Acts chapter 4, that they recounted the goodness of God and that gave them a boldness. And so when we recount the Old Testament, we're not saying this is the only way to fight. That's it. We're going to have to march around the church or we're going to march around Surrey Memorial Hospital seven times. And on the seventh time, we're all going to toot horns and everything's going to come down. Everybody be healed. Well, if you're fasting and praying and God tells you to do that, by all means. But you can't do Deuteronomy chapter 3. Yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 19. And, and so you can't just take what they did then and assume God wants you to do it now. But we can pull out a principle and see and have it build our faith, say, look, God did this when they asked, and he did this, and it will help us. Oh, if he kept his word here, he's going to keep his word here. So it stabilizes our foundation when we can know that we can trust him to keep his word. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 19. But your wives and your little ones and your cattle, for I know you have much cattle, shall abide in your cities which I have given you. So God has given them instruction. They're about to face an enemy. And he says, look, we're going to protect what you got. God says, do this. I know how to keep you safe. Verse 20, until the Lord has given rest unto your brethren as well as unto you and until they possess the land which the Lord your God has given them beyond Jordan. Then you shall return every man unto his possession which I've given you. So not only is he recognizing that what he has given needs protection, he said, I gave it to you. You didn't acquire it yourself. Your abundance, your increase came from him. And he knows how to look after it. He knows how to keep it. And he knows how to keep it safe. And he cares about the kitties. Oh, children. Amen. And I commanded Joshua at that time saying, now this is so good. I love it. Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done unto these two kings. And you see, this is the thing we need to have today. 
and people are crying out for it. They want to see. We have to know that we have seen the goodness of God. We need it today. I saw someone challenging someone through social media. Well, I don't know what's the point in praying. I prayed for this pastor and he died. Well, it's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to us to pray the word of God. Some people, in their last moments, and they're in a lot of pain, in the middle of this, have a revelation of heaven, and they go, hey, I'm not staying here. Can you blame them? Can we be so selfish? God, can you just let me have them a little while longer? I'm going to miss them. I want them to be with me. You will. Get saved. You'll be with them in heaven forever. Amen? Hmm? Selfishness. Yeah? Just things to consider. We, we get so trapped in what we think is right in our own ways. But you see here, he said, Joshua saw the goodness of God. And it wasn't just in natural things. There were places in his heart because Joshua said, only be strong and very courageous. In that strength and in that place of courage, he saw God. He saw him. And, he, and he, when we were singing this morning, how great is our God? We need to see that again. And it's not dependent on us going up and saying, okay, where is he? Because i got to stick my finger in his hand. Right? Mmm. What is it to see God? We see him in our urgent stance of prayer as we call in his name. That place where we push this world aside, its craziness, its voices, its distractions. And we say, this is my God, I will trust in him. I may have situations up to my ears, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I've seen his goodness so many times in my life. My mom was in and out of hospital three times this week. And the goodness of God. I don't know that I've ever had an ER surgeon phone me afterwards when she's not there and say, I just wanted to check on your mom. Hmm. God's good. How is she doing today? That's like, that was not expected. Especially when we hear, oh, they're all so busy. Da -da 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 -da. And here he was, reaching out in his time. An ER doctor, not a regular doctor. Yeah. Tell you what, devil's a liar. Amongst all the other things going on. Because there's always things. Year end, all those natural things. And I see the goodness of God over and over and over and over. I see him in my life. I see him in your lives. I see the change he's doing. I see the growth. I see the joy. I see you beginning to hang on the word like you knew was inside and getting it up and having it live again inside of you. I get excited about that. Maybe you should underline it. I kind of, well, I highlight and live, you know, scribble all over my Bible. And, and he said, thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done. And he says, and to the two kings, so shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms where you pass. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've known this. Sometimes the Lord has directed me to go some places which are questionable. But when God sends me, I can trust I'll always be safe. Some of you don't know this, but several years ago, we did a lot of street work. And we always, we, before we ever went out, we always prayed until we had a release. Now, for those of you who haven't learned to pray in that way, there's a place when you pray that it gets settled inside, that you go, mm, yeah, we're good. And if we didn't have that, we didn't go. And all of us had to have it or we didn't go. All of us. If one person felt, mm, we did not go. And so because of that, one particular evening, we were out and it was late and we were walking the streets in Surrey where there was about 108 different prostitutions. I, well, was, I mean, the streets were just flooded with the prostitutes from about 104th to 108th, walking everywhere. And there was a little girl there and we were sharing the gospel with her. She was very young, obviously. And we're talking and she goes, no, 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 I'm 19. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I'm 13, right? And, and we're just sharing with her, and she was obviously fairly new, because we knew everybody. We were there all the time. We knew this was a newbie, and, and she was nervous and all those things. And, and someone was trying to get in between this language. And no, 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 she's fine. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. And, and the next thing you know, a car pulled up, and the passenger door flew open, and they pulled out a, a sawed-off shotgun and pointed them at the girl. And I said, everybody get behind me. And so we made a circle around the girl. And so I was between her and the car door. But we went there because we trusted God. And I said, put the gun away. And he looks at me like, are you an idiot? Like, seriously, the look on his face. I was so shocked that he didn't obey me. I was like, huh, how arrogant. <laughs> like, I like, hang on. I said to put the gun away. I was like, and now he's frozen. He is like so puzzled. I said to put the gun away. He pulls it in. He shuts the door. They drive off. End of story. That was it. No drama. End of story. Now, later, when we went back to the car, we went, whoa, that was kind of weird. Hey? <laughs> because we're human. <laughs> but we trusted God to protect us. We were where we were supposed to be. And where, when you know you're, where you're supposed to be, you can pass through with his protection. You can pass through with his protection. This is one of the reasons why I say, hear God for yourself. Know it inside. I am where I'm supposed to be. Not because I tell you, because inside the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Go, I know where I'm supposed to be. I'm protected there. I am protected there. I am protected there. And all my goods, that's my family, that's my kids, and don't touch them either. Now, you know, I'm a, that's how I pray, but, you know, I understand some of you are coming into that. Be in agreement with it until you can get there. Amen? <laughs> Isn't he good? I've seen the goodness of God, but I don't want to just see him past tense. Every day, perpetually, perpetually, every day, every day, every day. His goodness, his gracious. You know, one of the things, uh, having had three children, 
there was a time when, uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy coffee for those of you who do not know that, and probably in greater sums than I should. But uh, <laughs> some days I'm better than others, <laughs> and I only drink one pot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of like my husband always, like, you know, he'd open a can of coffee and he'd check, and it was like, oh. Oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> That's just how that worked. I couldn't drink it when I was pregnant, and it was like all I had to do was smell it. And it was like it was a better pregnancy test than anything else. Yeah, and I had to learn how to like pray myself through all kinds of situations, and uh, in those places, and steady myself. My my body didn't like it too much. I spent a lot of time not well, and 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 then you know, and I just had to learn to listen and to my body, and to hear the Holy Ghost, how to calm it when it didn't, you know, morning sickness was trying to overcome me. But I began to realize all of those things which seem natural, we can pray through. And Sister Gladys, some of you know who she is. Later on, things, you know, go on in life, and, and, and she was talking, and different people were talking, and some ladies were talking about things that happen when they get older, and flashing, and cold, and hot, whatever. And, and she looks at me, and she's stern, and she has a stern voice, and she looks at me, and she goes, are you okay? I'm like, I, said, I get cold once. Oh, I wouldn't have it. No, she didn't say that to anybody else. She said, oh, I wouldn't have it that way, sister. You need to get on that. I'm like, yes, ma'am, you know, <laughs> soldier at arms. And, and there's a place where we need to come like that. Sometimes we just need that quickening. Why are we allowing this? Why are we given permission for this thing to bug us. Have we seen the goodness of God? Have we tested it other places? I've had his healing power work in me. But I, what if I need it today? What if my friends need it today? What if my husband needs it today? What if my family or my church family needs that? I need to know the goodness of God right now, right here today. And I need to trust it. And I need to submit to it and yield to it and let it flow through my life. Now that's not different for any of you. We can all come there. But sometimes we need that little shake. Why was I putting up with that? Hmm? Sometimes we just get in the, well, we just get used to it. Oh, well, you know, I can live with that. You don't have to. Hmm? So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither you pass. You shall not fear them. For the Lord, your God, he shall fight for you. And we forget that. Sometimes we get so busy not understanding our God's fighting for us. One of the ways he fights for us is this, that hello on the inside. Hello, are you listening to me? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking up, but it's coming from here. You know what I'm saying? There's that. Hello, don't eat that. <laughs> no more donuts, no more chocolate, you know, whatever. <laughs> that bag of chips, mm-mm. <laughs> Can we hear him stirring us? Can we hear him? The Lord is fighting for us. He's trying to get our attention. There's things he wants us to know, things he wants us to see, things he wants us to stand in. And he's been trying. Romans chapter 8, just in case you didn't believe me. <laughs> I know. Romans chapter 8, 
while you're flipping there? Because you want to know that, well, it's only in the Old Testament that God fights his battle for his people. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 should be very familiar, but sometimes we are more familiar with the fact that there is no condemnation, and there isn't, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Although another translation, I like the way it said, there is therefore justification, just like I never sinned. Praise God. That's how it is. And sometimes we're so good at the negative, we forget the, there's another side. Mm, mm, mm. All of this chatter in between while you find the chapter. Eh? Romans 8, 26. Likewise, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. So when you're freaking out, and if you're in pain, it's really difficult to hear God. That's the truth. That's the truth. In the middle, if you are, your body's ravaged in pain, it can be very difficult to like hear him right? If you're in, yeah, exactly. If you're in anxiety, <laughs> right? And, and this is where we stop the presses, breathe in and out. God, I know you are omnipresent, always here. You're always here. You're always here. I wasn't listening, but you're always here. I'm listening now. He's like, I'm trying to help you. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't be uttered. You know, I, I always thought about that. <laughs> like, what does that look like? Hopefully I'm by myself, right? Anybody else ever felt that way? God, if that kind of intercession, let me be by myself, uh, you know. I mean, I've been a public embarrassment in intercession before, but I'd really rather not, just saying. But there's a place where that intercession comes to help us. And in that, when we talked about praying and then hearing what he had to say, understanding, we can ask him, and there's a place where sometimes you begin and you really don't know. Lots of times when we're in trouble, we don't really know what the source is. A good example of that is when they said, you know, the, the fellow who was sick and, and, and Jesus heals their son. And they go, and this was not but for the glory of God. And everybody came up with the theory. Oh, sickness was just there so God could get glory. And he sent the sickness so he could have glory. And then they get into all a big head spin over that deal right there's some things where if we'll hear the holy spirit and allow him to work through us he can tell us the source of the trouble what do i mean by that like i said you know yes that fellow uh, from a time he was small he, he he was really in trouble there and and so, oh, well, you know, and the assumption was, because it doesn't give the whole story of how the kid got sick in the first place, or was it they blamed the parents? There's no blame for sickness except the devil. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize sometimes we can be foolish with our bodies, but you can repent for that. Amen? And sometimes foolishness brings with it a handful of stuff we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Treat your body well. Listen to the Holy Ghost. But we don't blame others for disease or illness. Amen? Our battle's not with flesh and blood. Not here either. And while we're at that, let's just deal with that snowflake. 
this whole deal, you are responsible for making grandma sick. Not ever. Not ever. Be released. Be released from that bondage. Be released in the name of Jesus. That is a lie that came straight out of the pit to control people's emotions. Amen? Don't buy it. It is not the truth. People, the chances of people going home after 70 greatly increases. Their time on the earth is short, shorter than most of us. If people go home after 80, it's not unusual. And most people don't know how to go home without being sick. All their life they think, I wait, I get sick, I go home. That's what they think. Now, it doesn't have to be that way, of course. But lots of people don't know any other way off the earth. So they have an expectation. I'll get sick, I'll go home. You know, I'll have a heart attack, I'll go home. Well, you, didn't, you could just go to sleep. You could do what Moses did, leaned on a step, worship God, bye. But we have, <laughs> we have this idea that that's it, we're just wait, you know, we're waiting for God in the old folks' home, waiting for something to kill us, you know. No one's responsible. Snowflake language. He that searches the heart knows what's the mind of the spirit. This is where we're searching. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What? What? Let's read that again. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You get in that place and you're hearing, you're going to start praying his will. Well, his will is that we be well. His will is that as it is in heaven, let it be in the earth. That's pretty good. And we know all things work together for good, not the sickness, not the disease. But if you'll pray in the spirit and stay in the chapter... And search the mind of the spirit, which is what it's talking about. Then it's going to be a good thing. Good things are going to be revealed. His plan's going to be revealed. And you're going to be on track. Yay. Hallelujah. Oh, I can be on track without stress. Amen. 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 To them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be what? To be conformed to the image of his son. That we would be like my dad, right? That we would be conformed into his image. Not because we decided to like gird ourselves up. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to not sin today. I'm going to hold on really tight. I won't sin. I'll be good. I'll be like God. Amen. No. As we're searching the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit works within it. He begins to conform us. He begins to transform us. We begin to get into his will. We get on track. We're happy. We're blessed. We're prospering in all ways, health and, and finances and family and life. And now it won't matter whether the wind blows, where the, you know, a bunch of snow comes down. Won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter. Because he's conforming us into that image. You and I can't do it. I have tried not to sin. Anybody else with me there? Ah, oh, that's it. You know, when I was younger, I used to cuss, you know, because everybody else was cussing. So I, I wasn't allowed to. If I ever got caught, I was, that wasn't good. But when I was at school. So you know what happens? If you start cussing with all your friends and then you go home, one day it slips because it becomes a habit. 
you'll be caught, especially when you have praying grandparents and parents. You can't do nothing. My grandma just looked at me, and I'm like, oh, done. And she smiled. It's going to be okay, Gwen. I thought, no, no, it's not. I'm going to die. <laughs> we can all do better. Oh, don't start, you know. And she was so kind, and I'm like, oh, right. So when we get out of that stranglehold, and we realize that the whole place in here was listening to the Holy Spirit, allowing him to work, and praying in the Spirit, hearing from God. He works his transforming power in us. We begin to be transformed, and my goodness, we look back and go, ha, I went a whole day, and I didn't blow it. And no one said, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. Come on, folks, it's a good thing. We don't have to get in that stranglehold. And you know what? I didn't cuss anymore afterwards. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we get conformed. And then the world begins to see God in us. Because that's what they really need. They need to see. They need to see the goodness of God. There were times when I thought, you know, I I had had double pneumonia and was very, very sick years ago. and, And... and I thought, I can't pray for anybody. I'm sick. Well, like it depended on my health condition, God's word. Well, that's ridiculous. God's word is not wor- working according to you and I's health. It works according to this. God's word is God's word. It's not dependent on you and I. Aren't you glad? Because if it was, we'd be in real trouble. <laughs> Amen. He said, moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called. He's called you and I to get up and have fun. Amen. Whom he called, he also justified, just like there was never any sin. Can we really live that way? Can we really live outside of the experience of who we were? My goodness, we need some like cleansing there. You know, we don't, we don't look like our old self. We don't look like sin. We don't look like drug addicts if that was the case. We don't look like alcoholics if you were, a, you know, an alcoholic. We don't look like liars. We don't walk like liars. We don't look like you know, lawbreakers. We don't look that way. We look new. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, I used to try and hide. Is that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear anything bold or shiny, and, and I like shiny things. But I was like, I was gonna hide. I was like wearing pastel. It was a bad look. It really was. And and you know, and now I'm like living out loud, because you, I'm a loud person. But I didn't, yeah, no, it's, it's a shock for some. Uh, but there was a time when, when you know what, I, I didn't think it was okay. I thought if I'm a believer, I'm supposed to be like, mm, you know, oh, Jesus, and, you know, have that right hair and whatever. But I didn't fit that mold, <laughs> and I was dying. Dear God, I was trying so hard to be a nice Christian, and, and you know, and, and it just, oh, dear, it was terrible. And and now uh, Jesus made me loud, and, and I realized that, yes, he did, and nothing to do with any other person. And then when I traveled, and I was in the middle of Kenya, and the microphones and all the speakers went down, I didn't need them. <laughs> in the middle of the field, everybody heard me. <laughs> and it was no big deal. God had a purpose in it. God had a purpose in it. Aren't you glad I moved the microphone? (laughs) Praise the Lord. 
What shall we say then, verse 31? If God be for us, who can be against us? Do we really believe it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's our day to stand. It's our day to change. And we need like, like our younger ones, like the fire that's in you to be loosed and bad. Be that voice in your generation. Be wild and be who God created you to be. And if you're loud, be loud and be happy with it. And if you're quiet, we'll pray for you. Amen. <laughs> there are quiet ones. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he died for all and he gave it all, what are we doing with a partial load? He gave us, it's time we got it all. He's like, well, I'll take this part, God, but I know I wasn't really cool about that other bit. Enjoy it all. You're allowed. Amen? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's you and me. It is God that justifies. No one allowed to talk to you about your salvation. Just like they're not allowed to talk to you about your health, they're not allowed to talk to you about your Jesus, your salvation, your past sin, because that's what they like to do. I knew you when you were before, and you're not changed. Not your business, neither. Mm? Don't you talk about, to me about where I fell. Amen? And don't you let anybody else talk to you about it. Well, you know, you've got this weakness. So what? So what? God used you anyway. He used a donkey. He can use me. Amen? A measure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. See, we having fun here. Time we shook things up a bit. Amen? Now, here we go. Are you ready? All right, who is he that condemns? The devil. And then some of his people. I don't like you. Too bad. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. And that's what chokes him. Lot's died. He's the only God that got up. Hallelujah. Who isn't even at the right hand of God? Who makes intercession for us? That's our God fighting for us. And if you think Jesus' prayers fail, huh, like we have not met God yet. Amen? He is fighting for us. And he's telling us in this nation, it's time. He's with us. Let's go. Let's hear the commander of the force. Let's hear the captain of the host. And the captain of the host says, go, we're going. And we believe it'll work. We believe that those people have been resistant. We'll bow. It's better to bow now. Everybody going to bow, better bow willingly. Amen. Now, there are some folks who are a little resistant, but that's not good for them. And Jesus is fighting for us. He's not fighting for those who reject him. He's fighting for us who receive him. And he's making intercession for us so we won't be like little quiet, like little Canadians anymore. We're not the apathetic. You know, they used to say, oh, Canadians are apathetic. No, we're not. Apparently, our truckers are not. And it's time the people of God got a little like... Amen. Time we kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm not a pushover. Have you met Jesus yet? Do you know if you die tonight, where you'll go? Will you go to heaven? Yeah, exactly. This is important. It's important. We don't want to see one. I don't want to do or be asked or invited to one more funeral where I'm uncertain 
of their destination. They're very, very hard for me to do. And I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I have told everyone I know. When we lived in Port Hardy, before we left there, I, 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 we had lived a very open Christian life, my husband and I. <laughs> kind of hard to hide. And before we moved down here, I made sure I carried around. I had a bunch of New Testaments. I got them. And, and a little what to do when you get saved. And I went around to all our friends. And I said, you know, well, you've seen us live this life. And I've lived my life in front of you. But I can't leave it here without you at least having an opportunity to know Jesus for yourself. Because I don't, you don't you know him now. And every person, I went to them and I left them with Bibles and a, and a notebook. Because I couldn't leave there without knowing I'd done my best to share the gospel with the people I cared about. We need to do that again. What was the motivation? Love of God. It wasn't slapping them with a big Bible. And I didn't need a wooden box. I love people. Still love them. So I do what I do share with you because I love you and I want to see you wrangle with some some of you wrangle with me and some of you quietly agree and I love you all every person has a place and it's important every person God made you all like he did for a reason and we need every one of you happy working with him and hearing from heaven work that work know Jesus is for you know he'll work and transform you and we're going to see some things happen in this country. They're already crumbling. It's already crumbling. And we've got to be the steady ones now. Because what it's revealed is many people are frightened. They're frightened of change in the first place. And now that they have taken the fear load for lunch, so to speak. And they've got fear fever. And we need to be able to come. And just love them until they can hear. Because initially, really right now, they're having challenges hearing. But we can love them. And we can be steady. And that will get their attention. It always does. It always says, why are you unmoved? Well, when you're ready, we can talk. I don't, I don't take them in. Think about salmon. Some of them are like that. Anybody who's ever salmon fished? I, I've seven fished in the Fraser River. I can tell you, it's exciting. But you don't pull them in the first time they take the bite on the hook. You have to wait till they get tired. And when they're tired and they're done fighting, you can reel in. Amen? Father, I thank you that we are a people moved by the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're a people moved by your Spirit. That we are hearing more clear every day. That clarity of your message, clarity of your word is coming. I thank you for revelation. I thank you that Jesus is making intercession for every one of us. And I thank you that those intercessions are doing exactly what they've been called to do. I thank you for healing. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you. We are the healed. We are the healed. And we are the hope.
filled and we are the power led hallelujah hallelujah father i thank you you have placed every one of us how you will and where you will and when you will hallelujah i thank you that we are in your timing that we are strong by the holy ghost hallelujah i pray for families today for families that have been in struggle and strife. I thank you God that that thing is being quenched. I come against the spirit of division. And we put you underfoot today in Jesus name. You're not allowed to drive families apart anymore. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. That has a great voice. That has a great voice among her people. Oh, it has a great voice. An unmoved voice. The blood of Jesus is speaking wholeness. It's speaking life. Hallelujah. 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 And Father, I thank you this day. For those who are experiencing all kind of symptoms and issues and things like that. Father, I thank you. That they don't have to wait for a disease to run its course. Its course is finished. It is done. It is finished. And he has won. Hallelujah. Oh, he's won. Hallelujah. He has won. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, God, that this week people are getting out of their hospital beds. They're rising up. They're rising up whole. They're rising up healed. They're rising up healed. Hallelujah. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you. You're moving in those hallways that there's no distance in the spirit realm. And we thank you, Father, for a clearing out of the hospitals. And, Father, we pray for those who are working in the hospitals, the nurses, the doctors, all the different levels, Father, that they would operate with wisdom. Wisdom and your hand. That your hand would be on them. That they would know what to do. God, let them be encouraged by the Holy Ghost. Let strength come in them. And let the fear over the hospitals be broken. That every word that's been spoken over them about how they're broken, how the hospitals are broken. Those are words that are snowflake words and we don't believe them. We reject them. We thank you for truth that's hot over the hospitals. That it's only a drop off place and a get up place. That people rise up out of that place whole and healthy in Jesus name. Oh, we don't have to wait for you. You're here. We don't have to wait for you. You're here. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.